Let us worship God. prophet Isaiah, the 56th chapter, beginning with the third verse. In preparation to hear the words, let us pray. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out upon us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, that our hearts and our minds may be open to hear your word this day. Amen. Do not let the foreigner join join to God, say, the Holy One will surely separate me from God's people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. For thus says the Holy One to the eunuch to keep my Sabbath, who chose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Holy One to minister to love the name of our God and to the God's servants, all who keep the Sabbath, 
and who do not profane it, and hold fast my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Thus says our God, who gathers the outcast of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Just let me say first how wonderful it is to be at 7th Avenue. 
if these walls could talk, because I've known you in so many configurations with so many people, and look who you have now. Is she fabulous? Let's thank her. Come on. Honestly, honestly, I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed. I walked in and Susan was the first person I saw and I went, oh, have we been through some things, honey. <laughs> Second reading, once when Jesus was praying alone with only the disciples near him, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist and others, Elijah and still others that one of the ancient prophets has risen. But he said to them, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, the Messiah of God. There was a mother who had two little boys. It was Halloween time. They were going to get costumes. So the first little boy raced to the Spider-Man outfit there, and he got that right at that aisle. And she couldn't find the second one for a long time. Finally, she went down several aisles, and she looked down the aisle, and he was at the Cinderella section. And she looked at him, and he grabbed a crown and then this beautiful dress. And he came running to her and said, Mommy, Mommy, I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be Cinderella this year. And inside of her, she went, Oh, my God. So she quickly took the Spider-Man costume, covered it over the Cinderella costume because she didn't even want she didn't even want the checker to see what her little boy had gotten. So they went home. And over that year, she noticed a lot of things, a lot of things about him. And what she most noticed is he was getting sadder and sadder. And one morning, he came up beside her and he put his arm around her, and he said this, Mommy, I'm not the problem. The problem is you won't accept me as a girl. The problem is you won't accept me as a girl. From that moment on, she changed her life, and she and her husband took this little boy to other parents and other friends so that she could become who she really is. Coming home to oneself is quite a journey. And they know this. In the community that I serve, if just one parent accepts a child who is transgender, suicide will be nothing. If they do not, 44% of transgender children kill themselves. So, coming home, the diaspora. So what does this have to do with Isaiah? Isaiah 
was phenomenal and he was blasphemous, just like people at 7th Avenue. <laughs> because watch what he does. They are coming back from Babylonia. They could be coming back from Egypt. They could be coming back from wherever they were sent. And they always took the brightest and the best. Many of them were gay. You read Daniel. You'll know six men, vegetarians, who, come on. So, <laughs> so they go, and they are coming back. And second Isaiah, if you read second Isaiah, and I know you do, Second Isaiah is the one who has this amazing thing for God, where God is accessible to everybody. I mean universal acceptance. Now, this isn't kind of in when you're in Babylonia, when, you, when they're trying to enculturate you into whatever that might be. We could talk about racism and a lot of things, but let's just think about that for a minute. So as they're coming back, we move into third Isaiah, which Nancy read, and it says this. So what do you mean by that? God is accessible to everybody. And third Isaiah says, this is the difference. When we go home, which is, of course, total destruction, the temple is gone. When we go home, we're going to do it differently. And how are we going to do it differently? Well, I'll tell you. We have been foreigners. We have been enslaved. We have been called the other. We have been called less than. We have been called second class. So what we're going to do, we're going to open the temple to everybody. We're going to open the temple to foreigners. Now, friends, if you ever knew what this meant, in a time in which you are only known after you die by your sons and daughters, and they are the ones that carry on your name forever, and they're saying that foreigners are going to have the same access to God, to the inner sanctum of the temple? Come on. So no, no, and not only that, we're going to invite those eunuchs the eunuchs, look at the words that they even use. They will never be cut off. And you know what they cut off with eunuchs. They use the same words to say you will never be cut off. Friends, this is blasphemous. It's just absolute. It's a radical way of coming back home to yourself or to others, to a community in which you can finally be yourself, but everybody's invited. I call God the great equalizer. Now, don't think about that movie, which was terrible, but God says, everybody, come on. And we're going to have it in such a way that everybody can come into the inner sanctum. So, often we don't get it. So, often we don't get Isaiah. So, God keeps sending us people. Isn't that true? I mean, men and women. Can we say women too? You know, because it's usually the boys. But so in comes another, another empire. Only the Roman Empire is much more violent than Babylonia. Babylonia tried to at least assimilate the people. There, they hung people all along the Appian Way. They hung them on crosses all along the Appian Way. Jesus wasn't the only one hanging there. 
And so this is what we know. Systems of oppression like to do this. They like to discriminate, divide, and divert. Empires have a way of doing that. We're living in one now. We're living in several empires right now. And what they like to do is they like to do horizontal violence. And that is, they like to get people together, and then they say, you. And then they divide us all up so then we never have to get at the main problems. So Jesus says, we're going to go like Isaiah said. We're going to go like Sophia Wisdom said. Sophia Wisdom, who went across the world and said, did you ever think about the disparity between the rich and the poor? That love and justice is far more precious than silver and gold? Remember, Sophia? This is who Jesus studied. He studied Isaiah so that he could say, Remember when he would throw the tables over? Because what did he say? Exactly what Isaiah said. This is a house of prayer for all people. So what do these systems look like? These systems called racism and sexism and heterosexism. What do they look like? Well, Jesus kept saying this. He asked this great question. Who do they say I am? Out of the tradition, they answered. But he said, but who do you say I am? See, it's one thing, but if Larry says to Nancy, who do you say I am? It's a very different answer. Because she knows you the very best. And this is what Jesus does. He says to his most intimate male and female friends, he said, but who do you say I am? I thought it was first when I read, I thought that's kind of vulnerable. You know, it's like when I ask my partner, how'd I do? And she says a seven, you know, rather than a 10. You know, you know these things. So he said, but Pete, did you hear me? Who do you say I am? Because if you believe that that's who I am, then here's what we do. Are you ready to go against empire? Because empire is a life and death matter. So you're going to risk your life. And do you want to join? Because this is what we're going to do. We're going to work on the disparity between the rich and the poor. We're going to say that men and women are equal and have equal rights. We're going to say that what's it look like in prison when the wealthy get out and usually it's people of color that are in? We're going to talk about things like, in this time, climate change and that it's real. We're going to do something that gives us a chance to move from power over systems into partnership. Into partnership. That's a feminist word. That's a word that people want to believe in, that we can move from these terrible power over systems into partnership. Jesus wants to collapse things into partnership. That's what he's doing with Isaiah. 
That is what we're doing. So that when we're asked the question, who do you say I am? Are we ready to do that? Are we ready to take on racism? Are we ready really to take on the disparity between the rich and the poor? What is economic justice but really looking at who is fed and who isn't? What about education? What about who has access and who does? And how about health care? Huh? Who has access? So this is what happens in every age. That question is the best question ever asked. Who do you say I am? Because if you believe that, if you believe that, then ready to go? <laughs> ready to join me? Redder is a life and death matter? Because that's what it is every time. Every time. Are you ready? Huh? Well, Seventh Avenue has been doing this for a long time. That's why you're little. <laughs> want to take all the risk, I'd like to work a little on this, but don't ask me to do that. But see, what I know about 7th Avenue is that you do it all. And that's why it's hard. And that's why you need community. You need to see one another. Whether you're in Hawaii or here, you need to know that what you're doing is challenging these horrific power over systems in which, see, I love what Martin Luther King said, because it's so true. Ready? Are you still with me? I know we got to get to communion, so come on. <laughs> I'm watching. I try. He said this, people in power name people of less power. And then they frame. And then they shame. And then they blame and then they maim, and then they kill. That's how power over systems work, and do people rise up and say, no, we're not going to do it this way. We're going to make sure that everybody has access across the board. And that's why they killed Jesus. That's why they killed him. And God had nothing to do with that. People did that to each other. And now we're doing it to animals and extinction. And we're forgetting that everything is interdependent on everything else. And that's what we're up to. And that's why 7th Avenue is so important. And it's so important to people like me, right, Susan, when it wasn't popular to be gay. And people called you naughty and dirty and everything else. And this church would say, well, come on in. Love to have you. Everybody's welcome here. And for those of us, and maybe everybody in this room, who've been told no, no, you can't, no, you're not worthy, whatever reason, this is a place where we can be. Can I tell you one more story? Are you sure? Okay. Being the LGBTQ, all those letters, makes us more expansive, doesn't it? I mean, when the kids are saying to me, now, Janie, remember, you're calling me they, them, and not he, him. Okay. So I'm learning from amazing young people 
who are helping me learn my pronouns. I've even changed my own pronouns now that I know what they're saying because it's so exciting. Why? Because they're saying the binary kills us. The binary kills us. You know what they said? Janie, it's called a galaxy of genders. Take that out of this church. Hmm? Galaxies of gender. That's what they're, they're all excited about that. Why? Because then we can't do a power over system. We have to do an equal system. They're teaching us to be non-binary. So we don't have to be in all these boxes. It's phenomenal what they're teaching us. And it'll take a long time until people like me huh, go, go away or whatever. But they're even teaching us. And now I've got a whole lot of cisgender people who are, who are out there going up to people and saying, my pronouns are, what are yours? It's thrilling. It's thrilling because they're learning that that has everything to do with systemic power over systems. So watch this. Karina came to us. A lot of people come to us for affirmation surgeries. And that means they want to be finally who they are. We've had people in their 60s and 70s. One friend of mine who's a doctor has just operated on someone who is 80 who said, I want to be me before I die. So I'm learning these amazing stories of people and what they go through to be who they are, to come home to themselves. It is remarkable. So one person was in a family of seven boys. They said things to him like, learn to walk like a man. You can't walk like that. You've got to be the man you are. Three times coming from Mexico, finally the third time, makes it out. They were told, if you ever go into a church, the police will come and they will take you out because you're bad and you're terrible. So this person comes to our house. I'm expecting someone bitter, someone who has you know, been so hurt by family, who's been told that she's absolutely nothing, and she comes into the house, and who is this? but this kind, loving, beautiful, Latina woman. And she comes into the house, and a lot of people are wounded sometimes when they come to the house, because they've been told how bad they are. And you know what she does? She goes to them, and she loves them. And she listens to their stories. And I watch the house every time Karina comes to the house. It's like something happens. Love happens. Joy happens. It is just remarkable. So we said, so what if we did a naming, a naming of you? And we said your name. And her name is Karina. We said, what if we did a naming? And we said, what if we did it in a church? Well, she was kind of horrified. You know, because if you go into church, the police are going to come. But she carried with her all along our Lady of Guadalupe. I said, how did you ever get this way? She said, I carried our Lady of Guadalupe with me all the time because I knew she was with me. Now watch this. So I called my friend Scott Clark. Some of you know Scott, right? 
some of you might still be Presbyterian, <laughs> wonderful gay minister in First Pres in Anselmo, right? So I called Scott, and I said, Scott, and of course it was Christmas time, the busiest time of the year. Scott, how would you like to do a naming with me of Karina? And he goes, now this is the genius of Scott. He said, well, you know what, Janie? I would love to do it, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my session. I'm going to call my session and say, guess what we get to do? Because it's not only for me to know, but it's to educate my session. And so what do you think? Unanimous decision. Karina comes into the church shaking. Our Lady of Guadalupe in her hand. What I didn't know until that night, that that was the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe that night. And on the chancel, all these wonderful volunteers and so on named her, her name, Karina. No police came, and love poured out everywhere, everywhere. But it wasn't what we said to her, which was easy to say. It's what she said to us, that she could be herself, finally, that she could come home to herself in a church, in a church where she was told she would never be welcome. So, dear friends, whatever systems we are fighting, which are many, we have a chance to be a part of this liberation partnership of what Elizabeth Susser Fiorenza called a discipleship of equals. We have a chance to do it differently. And I know you are. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you.
As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God. Let us walk in justice, let us 
Let us pray. Holy One, you have fed us in song, in silence, in bread, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. We have a chance to be part of a discipleship of equals. Go forth in the name of love, free to come home to yourself and to one another. Go out in the world because you know that you are good. Because God has called you to break down all those systems, to collapse them into partnership. Go out in joy, it scares them. Go out in love, it scares them also. But most of all, go in joy and in peace. Amen. Amen.